Well, I realize that we just celebrated our national holiday of Thanksgiving. And, uh, you know, those, as far as in our society goes, that celebration quickly is over. And then we look to, at least our society looks for Christmas and getting really good deals in shopping and all that. Um, but it's good for us to remember how much we have to be thankful for in our lives, in our church, in our country. Um, but it's also something that we, we want to make sure it's not just once a year that we have that. You know, that's a symbol of, of what our outlook should be throughout the year and something we should maintain in our spirits, right? I mean, we, um, we're going to look at a few verses that show the power of maintaining a, a joyful or a, or a thankful spirit because we looked not too long ago, Sarah shared a message on maintaining a rejoicing spirit. And, uh, you know, a large part of that is being thankful. It's being thankful for what God has given to us and recognizing that and acknowledging it. That, that's a foundational part of, of being able to rejoice in God because of his many benefits towards us. And so, you know, when we're thankful, it causes our eyes to look to heaven above the turmoil and the chaos that can be around us at times. And um, we remember that it causes us to remember the goodness of God. It also warms the heart of God because God appreciates thanksgiving. And, and there's also great gain in being thankful. But as can happen in our, as we see it, how quickly the focus changes to diff something else, a new season in our nation, you know, I mean, that can happen in our own lives, in our own spirits. Um, it, it's easy to let the, the attitude of thanksgiving slip. We kind of get into a mode of reacting to whatever situation is uh, around us, the circumstances. And, and sometimes if the circumstances are unpleasant, that can enter into our spirits and it won't lift us up, but instead it weighs us down. Uh, and so we have to be careful to maintain that attitude and kind of constantly check that in our hearts. I drove by the billboard of a local congregation the other day, and it said something that caught my eye. It was a kind of a Thanksgiving message, but it, it asked a question. It said, and we have this quote we can put up. It said, what if you only had today what you thanked God for yesterday. That kind of made me think, wait a minute. So if, if the only things I possessed today were the things I thanked him for yesterday, what would I have left? Uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, that made me question it in my own mind. You know, what, have I, what did I thank God for yesterday or maybe the day before, the week before? How far would you go back? Need to go back <laughs> to, to possess what you have. Um, you know, I realized reading that I need to thank God more and to be grateful for all that He has given to us and done for us, um, because He has done so much. But yet, as I mentioned, sometimes we can get into the mode of only seeing uh, what's going on around us, or or what maybe what we would like. And those things color our outlook. You know, the Bible does have some sobering news for us as far as outward circumstances. Um, 
you know, it's only going to get worse and look worse in the days to come. And we're going to be pretty downcast if we view life through what we experience and see in the world. Jesus said, in the world, he gave us a guarantee. You will have tribulation. But he also said, be of good cheer. Be thankful. Be rejoicing because I've overcome the world. So he's given us a double guarantee. (laughs) I'm not as excited about the first one, but I am excited about the second one. But that is a, a reminder to us. We have to look through eyes, spiritual eyes of faith and hope and make that choice to remember all he's done and then acknowledge it. You know, we can learn to thank him for those things, to rejoice in those things. And it will not only draw the heart of God towards us, but it becomes a strength to us in our spirits, in our souls, as we face the the tribulation that we will experience. And, you know, I I mentioned that thought of thankfulness and rejoicing kind of go hand in hand uh, because we rejoice when we remember all the goodness that God has shown towards us and all he's promising us as we anticipate him, his goodness and, and, and so forth and him turning things for good. Lord, I thank you. You're going to turn this terrible situation for good. You know, that changes our outlook as we hold on to that. A verse Sarah shared when she was talking about rejoicing spirit really stuck out to me. It was in Proverbs 17, 22. A merry heart is, is, is effective like a medicine. When we have a merry heart, a rejoicing heart, a thankful heart, it's like a medicine that is just healing our spirits, renewing our souls. And, and so I think you can have that substitute, you know, maybe a rejoicing heart does good like a medicine or a thankful heart is like a medicine in us because it helps us to have a right outlook. It, it helps us to respond in the right way in situations. It brings healing and life. But an outlook void of those things, what does that do? It dries up the bones. A spirit with, that doesn't, it's not rejoicing, that doesn't have thankfulness, it, it just dries up the spiritual bones, maybe even the natural ones, because what's going on inside affects our, our body, natural body. But when we can learn to flow in that spirit of rejoicing and thanksgiving, it, it does a work in us. It brings us to a place where we can just rest in God, a great, you could say, a contentment. And this contentment is not dependent on what's taking place around us in the natural. Um, in fact, it can often be a, a contrast to what's taking place. Um, you know, the Apostle Paul, he talked about a contentment that he had no matter what was going on. You know, even in the good times, sometimes we can get, the good times are a problem for us because we get discontent because, hey, we can get more in the good times. We just look at what greater things we can get. But Paul, he talked about how his contentment came about in his life. You know, he, he experienced good times when all of Asia was hearing the gospel, and then he experienced bad times when he was walking on the pathway of, 
suffering for Christ. But it didn't change what his inward state. And he ta- says this in Philippians 4.11. He says, Not that I speak in regard to need. I have learned in whatever state I'm in, good or bad, I've learned to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound everywhere. And in all things, I've learned both to be full, to be hungry, to abound, to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We all love verse 13. We love to quote that. We love to claim it. Lord, that's my promise for me. But do you know what he said was going on in his life for that verse to take place? I have learned to be content. I've learned to just rest in God. And then verse 13, I can do all things. You know, we can do, we can do all things for Christ when we can rest content in his plan for our lives and what he's taking us through and have that outlook that he desires us to have. Now, we can, we can acknowledge that sometimes things don't go well for us. And sometimes, uh, you know, and, and the reality is, that will always be changeable. What's going on and what we're going through will always change. There's always going to be different seasons that God takes us through, and we need that. Um, but what really matters is, is what Paul says, I've learned to be content in whatever situation. There's that learning process, you know, as we'll consider um, in a moment. But, but when we can come to that, there's a wonderful outcome as we can learn to rejoice and give thanks and rest in that, we can enter into that wonderful contentment. And and Paul puts it this way in in 1 Timothy. He says in 1 Timothy 6.6, godliness, right? Holiness, following God, combined with contentment in that is or brings great gain. Great gain, great increase in the kingdom of God comes when we're following godliness, but we're also come to that place where we're content just to rejoice and thank him and follow him where he leads. And it's the best kind of gain because it's eternal. It'll stay with us forever. But it's based on a response of thanksgiving and rejoicing. And of course, if we're focusing on thanksgiving, one thing we have to guard ourselves against is an unthankful spirit. That likes to creep in every once in a while. Have you ever caught yourself in a mode of just kind of like just focusing on what you don't have? And then you just kind of, you know what? I got to stop focusing on that and be thankful for what I have because what I have is wonderful. What God has done and what he's doing and, and how he's leading we have to guard ourselves against an unthankful spirit. It will affect us. I read a, a quote once that said, discontent dries up the soul. That, that kind of relates back to Proverbs 23, drying up the bones. I mean, that's, it dries up the life within us so that we're just, you know, when it's dry, something's dr- all dried up and void of moisture, it's dead. Something with no moisture in it uh, has died. And so, that kind of discontent or lack or an unthankful spirit, it, it saps life. And so it's something we have to be watched for, you know, especially, you know, even in our uh, society, we, you know, when you travel outside of our country and you see different um, countries and societies and how things are working there, 
um, you get a perspective for what people have and don't have, right? I mean, our Western nations are just overflowing with abundance. And then you go to other countries and it's like, they don't even have a concept. If we took them into our grocery store, they'd blow their minds, you know, to see what we have. In fact, I, I was reading an article of how people who travel to the U.S. from other nations, that was kind of like in the top 10 or top five of what just totally shocks them about coming to the, to the U.S. They come in our grocery stores and they're like, I didn't know such abundance even existed in the world. But yeah, we walk in there like, oh, they don't have my favorite brand of whatever. <laughs> We're upset because <laughs> out of all that abundance, they don't have the one we want. <laughs> Sometimes that's, that's annoying. You know, if you have that favorite thing you want, you have to go to several places. But yet, you know, we have to be careful of that. That's just a, an example there, but it can come into serious aspects in our, in our lives and in our, in our spirits. We don't want, we want to watch for that unthankful uh, spirit because it can affect our spiritual outcome. Now, we noticed this with the account of uh, the 10 lepers with Jesus. Remember that story in Luke 17? Um, and it's in verses 13 through 15 where, where they, they came and they said, Master, have mercy on us. You know, we're, we're lepers and we know you can heal. So they, they had some belief for Jesus to heal. And, you know, Jesus didn't lay hands on them or touch them or anything. He just said, go to the priest. And as they were walking in the way, that must have been, a, I'd, I'd like to see that, how they're just walking and all of a sudden they look down and, you're healed. I'm healed. We're, we're all healed. We're made whole. And they just rejoiced. And then 11 of them went on their way to get to get that ritual taken care of because to, to enter back into society, they had to be ritually cleaned by the priest and so forth. But one of them went back to Jesus. And it, and it says, and, and Jesus, he said, he marveled. And it said, only one has come back to give glory to God. The rest just wanted the natural. You know, they took that natural blessing and just went with it. The one went back to give glory to God. And Jesus marveled because he was a stranger. He was a Gentile. Um, you know, basically, I, I think we can, we can look at this as, as far as human nature and humanity goes, it's a small category of the seekers of God who remember to give him glory. And that's convicting. Lord, don't let me be in that other category. I want to be in the category of those who return to give glory to God. And this was the Gentile. He was the outcast. But, you know, sometimes it's those who have been brought low and they're the least. They're so very grateful for what they've received. And that's a part where, you know, humility pays, plays a part in being thankful because we realize, God, it's only you that uh, I've achieved what I've achieved or has happened to me. And, and so Jesus said to this man who came back in, in Luke 17, 19, he said, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. And so there were nine others healed in body. They were ritually clean, but this one was made whole. And I was, I was looking at the Greek, you know, does it, he was just healed and sent on his way. But in the Greek, this word for whole, the vast 
majority of the times it's used, it's, it's used to say in being saved or salvation. It's, and it, their implication is that this one thankful stranger receives something from Christ that made him whole within his spirit. And that's what we all long for, is to be made whole. And so, you know, we remember this account that we are in that category that comes back to give God praise. You know, something else we can kind of consider in this and just looking at, you know, why do we want to be thankful? You know, when we, we can ask ourselves, what's the point of it? You know, it, it, yes, it's maybe it's to fulfill a, a requirement or, or so forth of being a Christian. You know, why tell God thank you? Well, I think one thing we can realize is that we were created in the image of God, weren't we? And we have feelings and so does he. And how many of us can think back to when we, we did something for someone and they came back and they said thank you and it just warmed our heart. And we thought, oh man, I'm glad I did that. that. They appreciated that. They said thank you. They valued it. And that did something in me when they said thank you. Or, or how about the opposite? How about when you went out of your way to do something for someone, you know, to bless them, and you never heard, heard from them again about it. And that does something in you too. It's like, you know, I did all that for them and they couldn't even acknowledge it. Well, in that example, nine out of 10 people are in that category. We want to be that one that, that, that comes back to says, oh, thank you, Lord. And, you know, God has feelings just as we do. His heart can be warmed by a grateful spirit that we express to him. And so we want to take that time to thank him for all he has done. And I mean, we can see his feelings, you know, expressed many times in scripture, Jesus in, in his life on earth. He saw the crowds and he was so often moved by compassion. It moved his heart, their needs, you know. And then one of the final expressions he gave before the crosses, he said, oh, how I longed to gather Israel together under my wings. That was his longing. That, that's what brought him joy is to that gathering and that relationship. And so he would gather us and protect us because it does good to his heart. And when we thank him, it does good to his heart. And that's something we want to remember and keep, keep close. He's, he, he is not a God far off. And he hears our prayer and our cry and and so we want to remember that. And so there's just three quick things I want to look at here with this thought of, and I realize I've got, that was a long introduction, but three quick things we'll mention uh, for developing a thankful spirit. Um, and we, you know, Paul said previously that that concept of, of dwelling in that place of contentment, it's a learning process, something we have to teach ourselves. And so the, one of the fundamental things about if you want to learn something, you have to remind yourself. You know, I, I mean, if, how often have, a, have we wanted, oh, I need to remember that. And then we forget even to think about it again. And then when we need it, it's like, oh, I totally forgot. And so the fundamental thing is we have to remember. And that's why we, in one sense, why we have that day of, of Thanksgiving you know, on, a, on the national calendar um, I was just reading about how it was instituted. It was instituted by Abraham Lincoln. 
but I, I was actually surprised at the time frame. It was instituted in right in the middle of the Civil War. 1863 is when that proclamation of Thanksgiving Day was instituted. And so in the, it was the, a terrible and bloody time. Uh, but the president, uh, you know, he reminded, Abraham Lincoln reminded the nation that while God was dealing with their sins, you know, through this strife, but at the same time, he remembers mercy. And so he, I, I put the text in here as a quote, but uh, this is what he proclaimed October 3rd, 1863. He said, It seemed uh, to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart, one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, those who are at sea and in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father who dwells in heaven. That was the original purpose of the day of thanksgiving, to as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our heavenly Father. And so there's that concept, that national reminder, hey, that day was not about, there's not Turkey Day. That was a day to, of thanksgiving and praise. But that's, that's, that's the one day that our nation celebrates, but yet there's that concept that we have to remind ourselves each day. Today is that day of salvation, but also today is the day of giving thanks and praise to our Heavenly Father. Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. He said, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for us. In every situation, there is both a reason and a commandment to give thanks to God. And, you know, we have to remember that in all things. In all things, there's that component um, where we have to remember. And, you know, of course, if you have memory trouble like me, sometimes you might have to come to the Lord and say, Lord, would you give me a little nudge in my spirit? If I'm not remembering to be thankful, would you remind me? And I think he's, he's more than willing to remind us because it's so important. The second thing, so we remember is the first thing. The second thing is we have to choose because you can remember something, but then you have to choose to, to give thanks and acknowledge thanks for what God's doing. Um, you know, this time of Thanksgiving was instituted in the Civil War a time of great difficulty. And it was probably hard to be thankful in that sense. Well, be thankful in this time when almost every member, family, family had a member of their family who had, was in war or died in war and so forth. But yet it's a time where it's a choice. We have to choose, Lord, I'm going to be thankful. I think I've shared, whenever I share the, a message or a part on Thanksgiving, I I always think of the story of the Wallaces. Remember me sharing about Pastor Wallace and his family were in Fiji and they came back after a time of ministry to their hotel room and it was ransacked. All their stuff was, you know, they, a lot of things were stolen. Even children's toys were stolen. They were pretty thorough. Um, and they were kind of downcast that here we are ministering for the Lord and this happened. But then Pastor Wallace, he said that verse came into his heart, in all things, give thanks. So he gathered the family around. 
They just said, Lord, thank you. They started to think of things they could be thankful for. One was, well, they weren't there when it happened. You know, so they gave thanks for that. And then they, well, they had their passports so they could still travel and they gave thanks for that. And they just started to give thanks for all of the goodness of God in that situation. You know, I mean, because they lost some things, but they decided to go on. But the, as the story goes, that they had a kind of a round the world trip that they were going on. And they said every place they went, people just started giving them gifts. And, and he said by the end of the trip, even like kids' toys, I uh, gave Pastor Wallace a jacket because they had stolen his jacket. And he said, by the end of the trip, everything was replaced with something that was better. But, you know, that's so true is that, you know, we have to make that decision and that choice to give thanks. But sometimes it's that giving thanks in the, in the terrible situation that opens the door for some, God to do something new, for fresh life to come. And so, you know, we can follow the, the admonition, or you could say the cry of the psalmist in Psalm 136 and verse 1. He says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, and His mercy endures forever. If we can't think of anything, there, that's something we can always fall back on. Lord, I'm going to thank You. The situation's terrible. And it's not that we have to thank Him for the, the terribleness, but in the midst of that, we can thank Him because He's good, and his mercy endures forever. One last step here, and this, this is the shortest one. It's not necessarily the easiest one. Um, but, you know, being thankful, we can remember it and we can choose to do it, but in reality, it's something we have to practice. Paul said, I have learned to be content in every situation. And so it's something we put into practice. And we can kind of see this with, with Paul again, I mean, he was he was the apostle of suffering, but you could say he was also the apostle of thanksgiving. He talked about that a lot. And Philipp, when he's writing to the Philippian church, Philippians 1.3, he said, I thank my God every time I remember you. And it was almost like that was his clue. Whenever he thought or the, the, the church came to mind, he said, Lord, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing in them, that you've saved them, you've delivered them, Lord, lead them on. And, and so it was something he practiced, that he put into practice in his lives and in his life. And, and you know, that's something that we can acknowledge and follow in that is, Lord, help me to practice. And maybe it could be something unique for you is like, Lord, just help, give me a notification every day to thank you, to be thankful. It's not that we have to go through a whole list of stuff. I mean, I don't want I start off with that quote, I don't want you to feel like you have to thank God for everything you value in your life so you don't lose it, but that we, we continue to have that connection of thankfulness with heaven, that we can flow in that. And so as we have celebrated our national holiday of Thanksgiving, let's not be so quick to let it pass. It, it, you know, there's a new national focus which is not a bad one, Christmas and celebrating the birth of Christ in his life. But we, we want to realize that Thanksgiving is something that has to continually take place within us so that his life can flow so that our bones don't dry out. But instead, we're, it's good like a medicine in us. And that means, you know, learning to be thankful in each situation, choosing 
to give the, th- the sacrifice of thanksgiving, making that a practice in our life. But in doing so, we're continually lifting our eyes unto heaven, to the one who can turn all things for our good. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Lord, we give you thanks and praise. Jesus, we thank you for all that you've done for us, all that you're continuing to do. Lord, thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your life. Lord, we pray that you would help us, Lord, to remember. Lord, help us to choose to to respond in thanksgiving in our spirits and help us to practice this in our life, Lord, each day to to be grateful to you, Lord. we, We so appreciate it when people do it to us. Help us to remember, Lord, to never cease to do that to you. Lord, because we are grateful for all that you've done and for all that you're going to do. And oh Lord, let that be our cry. Lord, that we would give thanks unto you because you're good and your mercy endures forever. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.